You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 107, GFCIs, AFCIs, and mold. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, we are talking about GFCIs, AFCIs, and mold. I still don't know what GFCI and AFCI stand for, so this is going to be an interesting episode. Yep. Well, we'll, we'll I'll explain what they are. Most of our listeners probably heard of them. Um, but, you know, sometimes we want to talk about just the reason I came up with this topic was I just wanted to talk about what people deal with with minor home maintenance issues that are a pain in the butt to them and and mold and how it contributes to mold because ironically it can lead to a mold concern so how do we get from electrical stuff like those two to mold if let's just say you have a sump pump in a basement or a crawl space i've done inspections on homes that literally the record i've done had seven sump pumps and what is a sump pump again? So the sump pump is when you have high groundwater issues, typically, or you have drainage concerns. So it's just a pit. Um, sometimes it's a French drain system that drains into that pit. But it, it a sump pump, the whole purpose of it is, is the water comes into that pit. It's got a float on it like your toilet does, but it operates backwards from that. Once the, the float's engaged, it pumps water out of that pit, and then it's supposed to take it outside away from the structure. Okay. And so you put them in, you know, like I said, if it's high groundwater issues, let's say that you have a, a property that's on a swell, so you the house is lower than everything else around it, and you have to figure out ways to get the water away from the home. Oh, okay. That uh, would make sense. Our listeners that live in in uh, places like uh, 
having a brain fart where Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. Yeah, Louisiana. It's below sea level. Okay. So they have all these levees and they have all these pump systems to get the water out to these lakes. Um, It's the same concept that they have to use pump systems. And so how does that cause mold? Well, I mentioned a hurricane. A lot of that flooding happened, obviously naturally because of the rain, but most of it in Hurricane Katrina happened because... I don't know the names of the lane, Pontchartrain or something comes to mind. But what happened was those levees failed and those huge pumps failed. And because the city's below sea water or sea level, everything came in and flooded all the homes. So same concept if, you know, you don't live in a place like that. If you live here in Wyoming, if that sump pump, if it's on a GFCI circuit, it could fail. It might be in your crawl space. You never check it. You never notice it. And before you notice it, you have a major mold concern going on. Okay. So there, so there is the connection. Now, what does GFCI and AFCI, what are they? So GFCI is a ground fault circuit interrupter. Those are those, our listeners probably all know what they are. They're the, they first started in bathrooms. It's that little reset button you see. Okay. Um, blow dryers have them on there. So yep. just a reset button. The, the whole purpose behind that is if you were to drop, let's just say you're curling iron into the sink full of water, it, it trips it because it's, it's a ground fault. So the electrical, uh, circuit senses something's not right. And so it kills power before it kills you. Okay. So that's what a GFCI is. An AFCI, those are newer. When I say newer, probably in the last 10 years, those are required in bedrooms. Going back to GFCIs, they're, they're required all outside outlets, unfinished basements, bathrooms, kitchen countertops, or anything within six feet of water. You have to have a GFCI. Okay. So I didn't mention that. Uh, so the AFCIs, that's an arc fault circuit interrupter, and those are designed for... If there's too much, and I'm not an electrician, so our listeners that are electricians will laugh at me, but if there's too much current running through the system, meaning it's going to heat up your um, the wiring before it causes a fire, and those are required in bedrooms, before it causes a fire, it kills the power. And they're both known to be very problematic. Oh, both GFCI and yes. They'll just AFCI. trip, you know. Oh, randomly. Yeah. Okay. They're... they're um, Kind of a pain, but they're there for safety reasons. And, you know, like I said, our listeners know, and you've dealt with this with us, a a GFCI might trip and we don't know where to reset it. Like it might be outside, might be in the panel, might be. So, so they're just problematic. They're known to just fail and they won't reset. And so they're just kind of a pain. And that's, like I said, that's why I wanted to talk about it. It's kind of a home maintenance thing, plus it we can correlate it with mold. Well, and if you think about it, if you plug the wrong thing into a GFCI or an AFCI, and let's say you go on a two-week vacation, and whatever you plugged, you know, I don't know, it has water or water gets out of it, goes on the floor, you've been gone for two weeks, you come back and there's all this water that's just been sitting there. Right. Now you have a mold problem possibly. Right. And it... Especially where we live, let's just say you plug an electric heater into it and you put it on an AFCI and it's just that outlet's not designed or that circuit's not designed for that amperage to be pulling from it, it'll trip it. 
well, let's say that was your only heat source in the house. So this is in the winter time, and you just leave for a weekend. You come back, and your your water pipes have burst. Wow. So, you know that that's like I said. That's why I wanted to tie it into mold because most people know of the AFCIs and GFCIs, but they just don't really think about what it can do and cause a mold concern. And speaking of that, so uh, when I was when I was a, a building contractor and building homes. In the kitchen, I already mentioned that you're supposed to have GFCI outlets. I always fought with the code inspectors and, you know, I guess I'll fess up. And if they made us use GFCIs for the fridge outlet, we waited till we passed our electrical inspection. And then we would actually run that as a non-GFI circuit. We'd actually run that fridge on its own circuit. And the purpose behind that is, is like I told you earlier, they're so problematic. Like, they're just, they're finicky is the best way to, to say it. They're just, it's kind of like a mouse trap. They're easily tripped. And if you have a fridge or like us, you know, we just bought a full beef. Could you imagine if our freezers yeah, that would not tripped? Be yeah. You come back home and you have Everything that's all bad. this stuff bad. So, you know, that has to just do with food. But going back to the whole mold side, you know, you could have something on a, GFCI or AFCI circuit that trips and pipes can burst, which obviously would cause a mold concern, or sump pumps, which would, you know, crawl spaces and things like that. And so where do, things like water heaters, There are they hooked up to any particular outlets or no? They're just No, separate. water heater is directly wired. Okay. It's on its own circuit. Okay. It's, and it's typically, it's a, it's a double pole is what it's called, so it's got two different, um, break, or not two different, it has, it, the it's two slots in the breaker panel, mm-hmm. and it's typically, I believe it's a 60 amp is what they are. So those aren't, they're not run on that at all. So then are there any major appliances that you would recommend, especially given the possibility of causing a mold problem, would, that you'd recommend not be on a GFCI or an AFCI? Well, it wouldn't like cause a mold problem, but a fridge I just wouldn't have on there. But okay. beyond that, heaters. Okay. Um, you know, if you have like a a big space heater that you use when you go out of town, so you don't have to run your furnace, don't don't run it off of that. Uh, and if you do, obviously make sure your water's off so that your pipes won't freeze up. But pipes can still freeze with the water off unless they're they're actually blown out. But I would highly not recommend having like a sump pump on it. If you have a sump pump that runs on a GFCI outlet, which typically they're going to. Make sure that that sump pump has a battery backup. Oh, okay. And I covered that, um, I believe, in, I might have done it in the most recent course, Building a Mold-Resistant Home. Pretty sure I covered that. Yes, I think you did. That it should, because I remember a picture of a sump pump and then a battery, 12-volt battery sitting right next to it. Okay. So make sure they have a battery backup. If it's... If it's something that if that pump fails and it's going to cause a major moisture intrusion event, make sure you have a battery backup. And are even the newest homes still using predominantly GFCI and AFCI? I mean, is there no newer version of that in brand new? Oh, no. Those are kind of the new. Well, GFCI has been around since the 70s, but AFCI has been around for probably 10 years and they're there for safety reasons. Okay. There's... There's re- there's no reason to not have them. Okay. It's just you got to be careful what you're using them for. For okay. So there's no, you know, to answer your question, there's there, there there's no reason for 
an upgrade to that. That is the upgraded safety. Okay. So it's just a matter of making sure you're plugging in the right things into those outlets. Exactly. Okay. And some pump is a no on a GFCI. Well, it's going to be on a GFCI oh. and it should be. But it should you just need to have a battery backup. Okay. But make sure, you know, whether it's a 15 amp breaker or a 20 amp breaker, make sure you have the right amperage. Meaning if it's a 15 amp, depending on the size of your sump pump, it might trip that all the time and you might have to upgrade to a 20 amp. Now, here's an interesting question because lots of people go, well, what exactly, what kinds of things trip GFCIs and AFCIs? Because we had that issue, remember, with the nightlight in the master bathroom that we couldn't figure out what was tripping the nightlight outlet in the master bathroom. And it ended up being one of our air plugins in the other bathroom. And when we kept it... No, I think I think what the, we noticed it from the bathroom outlet. So just for our listeners, that bathroom outlet runs on the same circuit, which if I wired the house, I wouldn't have done it this way, is the outside circuits. Okay. And what kept tripping it is if we plugged in one of our block heaters. Ah, uh, okay. Or the septic tank heater. Okay. And at the end of the day, what it ended up being was a defective extension cord to this septic tank heater but it, on top of that if you have too much stuff plugged into it it's just going to trip it okay so you know we could plug if let's say we had a heater plugged into an outlet in outside and then inside we had an air compressor plugged in it's just too much amperage and it's going to trip the breaker okay but what you're talking about is we noticed it in the bathroom but what was causing it was out here how do you do that investigation to figure out what's causing it for people who are like, Pretty much how do you, I know? You, so you, you would hope or imagine that a nightlight's not causing it. But one by one, you have to unplug everything. Okay. And, you know, plug everything back in separately. And then when it trips, then you know. The most problem you usually have with that, and I really had problems with it when I did home inspections, is you trip that breaker. And I would trip it on purpose with my outlet tester. That's part of the inspection. Well, then I, w- I couldn't find where you had to reset it. Oh. <laughs> it could be on an outlet behind a freezer in a garage. I mean, it that's the toughest thing. And our listeners that have dealt with it, they're, they're, they're shaking their heads going, yeah, those are a pain in the butt. Yeah. A lot of times it's finding out where to reset that. Oh, okay. Because it can either be on an outlet or in the breaker box. If it's in the breaker box, it's that's easy. easy, yeah. But if it's an outlet, you don't even know. And the issue you were talking about, like... It, it baffled me because I would have never ran all the exterior outlets and then two bathrooms on one circuit. Yeah. Like the outside should have been on its own. So, so yeah, you have to one by one just, and we figured it out and we unplugged that tank heater. It didn't, it doesn't trip anymore. Is that something that people who are buying homes should find out from the previous owners or, you know, cause you know, on the breaker box, it'll tell you which switch belongs to which rooms. Right. But I don't know that people also get information as to which which rooms are run on which lines outside, inside. Or is that something you just figure out when you get into the house? Well, uh, there's not a whole lot of homeowners out there that are going to, and I say come clean, but you legally have to disclose any defects and you put that in your disclosure when you're <laughs> selling. So for the most part, they're not going to tell you because then you're going to say, well, why didn't you put that in your disclosure? So to answer your question, that's we talk about all the time. We just talked about in the last episode. 
or a couple episodes ago. I can't remember. But that's why you hire an inspector. As a, as a home inspector, I I would make sure that the sub-panel is labeled properly. Okay. So if I opened the sub-panel door and nothing was labeled, it, I reported that. And if I tripped GFCIs and, and couldn't find where to reset it, obviously I'd report that, like, you know, you need to find out where to reset it. That was very rare. And if that happened, like I would leave a note for the seller, like, "Hey, I tripped your GFCIs, and I can't, I can't find where your reset is." Oh, okay. So yep. home inspection should take exactly. care of that. Okay. So then, what is your call to action for people listening to this episode? If you have any sump pumps, like we talked about, they're they're going, they should be plugged into, which is correct, a GFCI outlet. But make sure you have a battery backup. Because if that power trips, or that GFCI trips, if that sump pump is preventing your basement from flooding, and it's tripped for a weekend and you're gone, you could flood your whole basement. Absolutely. And here's the other piece. If you've listened to this episode, and like me, you get what GFCI and FCIs are, but you're not sure you're going to remember all that information, do a mold consultation. Yeah. Then you get a thorough, specific to you and your home situation idea of what to do, and you'll get a printout of all the things that you talked about and what to consider next. Exactly. We do a we do a follow up with the consultation, and I put in there, like you said, an action plan and everything that that we talked about in the consult. So it they're worth it. You know, I know a lot of people think, well, three hundred dollars that's a lot. It, it's a lot of time I put into them because I'm gathering a lot of information. Plus, you're on, you know, you get a 90-minute consult. You can ask me whatever questions, even if it has to do with electricity, and I'll tell you what I can. Yep. So, well worth it. If you go to our website, you can book them. And, you know, it's, we're about, depending, we're usually, what, about 10 days out? Yeah, usually about 10 so, days out. So, all you have to do is go to CNC Contractor Services dot com and look up the consult and you can start the process there and just keep in mind we spend 300 bucks in probably four weeks at starbucks if you're getting two drinks and a pastry a day yes so it's well worth it it brings up something too and i you know there's a lot of people i i help out a lot of people um but i want to just be clear you know it it, it's it's a lot of time i invest in a consult and if you just email me and think that I'm going to just give you a consultation for free, it's, you know, I help a lot of people out, but I can't do for our listeners, I can't do a free consult and put all that time into it and give you a follow-up email. So I just want to be clear. I, I, I've had, um, I've had people reach out to me and then when I send them a link for the consult, I don't ever hear back from them. And you know, it's not me being mean, but you know, you're, you're, we all have to get paid in what we do. That's so. right. It's called, what do you say? If you wanted to work for free, you go fishing. Is that yeah, what you Yeah. Yeah. I'll go broke fishing. Okay. That's, 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 <laughs> not that's the properly worded way to say it. <laughs> there you go. So if you want to sign up for a consult, go to cnccontractorservices.com and we'll catch you on the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.